Hi, welcome to our Entrepreneur Interview Series, and I'm so excited today to bring you Rob Fortier, who is a content marketing coach with RobFortier.com. He helps coaches, consultants, and solopreneurs take the mystery out of marketing their business. He helps his clients increase their leads and sales with easy-to-implement content creation and list-building strategies. I am all about easy-to-implement. This is Vicki Wu, and as always, we're talking about the best tips for marketing your small business. Be sure to subscribe to our channel to be notified of the latest updates. He also teaches strategies to get writing done quickly, even for people who don't think they're good writers. And I am all about being efficient. So I know, Rob, you're going to share a couple of tips. So I encourage everybody to stick around for Rob's tips. One on developing relationships with your subscribers and one on you're going to answer the question, what's more important, being consistent or being perfect? So thank you for joining us today. Oh, Vicki, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. First, I'd like you to share a bit about your business, what you do, and more importantly, why you started it. I help, you know, as you mentioned, solopreneurs, coaches, um, and you know, small business people, uh, and figure out how to really market their business. You know, marketing is one of those terms that gets thrown around so often. Like, what's marketing? And people go to these very odd places of, oh, it's going to cost me a lot of money or it's going to take up all of my time, or I'll have to live on social media. And really, marketing is about finding who you serve, where they are, and then figuring out how to get in touch with them and showing up authentically to help them with the problems they are looking for answers for. So I've been working with a lot of coaches. You know, I went to school to be a certified creativity coach many years ago, and that's how I got into coaching. And there were so many lovely people that were artists that I worked with that came through the coaching program that wanted to be coaches themselves. And they were having a difficult time figuring out how to explain to other people what it was that they did or to even find clients that were willing to pay for their services. So that's when I started making the shift to moving from just doing creativity coaching to working with creatives and other solopreneurs to help them figure out, okay, how do you be clear about what you're doing and how do you get the clients that you need to sustain your business? So it really came out of a need that I could see for other people just being so talented but not getting the traction they needed to really be able to serve other people. I am right there with you on that. I'm getting a lot of those same confusion from my clients that come to me, especially if they go Google anything. And then you get 800 million results, and you don't know what to do. So, yes. yes, I understand completely when you're mentioning the confusion, the getting the traction, all of that. So yeah. when you started your own business, since we talk about marketing a lot here, what was your biggest marketing issue way back when you first began? Oh, uh, there were so many when I first started. <laughs> um, I think one of the biggest things for me was really just not knowing where to start. You know, obviously, as I started focusing more on doing content marketing, that became clear for me. But prior to that, 
it was wow there are so many choices i mean you know i i don't know about you but i subscribe to a lot of email lists so i'm constantly getting tons of offers and you know new platforms come up you know people keep mentioning things like clubhouse to me and then you know we had uh periscope for a while that sort of went away and those types of platforms and some of them have stuck around some of them have not we'll see how long clubhouse lasts it's taking off right now but it was figuring out where do I want to focus my energy? Where do I want to put my efforts? And also, what is congruent with the way I want to be working? You know, one of the great things about having your own business is you get to set all the rules. You know, you still have to have a product that people want and serve people and charge money uh, to survive, but you get to set the parameters. If you're if you hate video marketing, then maybe focusing all your energy on YouTube or on Instagram Reels isn't really the place you could be. But if you love writing or you love visuals, then maybe it's more about Instagram and really harnessing the power of using your newsletter and blogging, those types of things. So I really struggled with that in the beginning of sort of finding my footing and sort of finding a way to block out the noise of all the people saying, do this, do this, do that and go for me with what works best. I mean, I love doing video, and I mentioned to you earlier I went to school for theater, so I have no problem with that. But I've also found that I am really strong in terms of the writing portion of nurturing my newsletter. So I have really started to focus my efforts on the things that aren't as shiny, I guess you could say. You know, we all want the what's the new exciting platform that we can use. But time and time again, I kept coming back to writing. And so now I use social media, I do all those things, but I focus my efforts in that department. So, But it really took me a while to sort of get there. I had to go in circles and around the bend a few times and then back up and then put it in forward and then uh, land where I am today. That is the one thing that confuses pretty much every entrepreneur I've ever spoken to. And very similar to the journey you ended up navigating through, I always tell the entrepreneur, start wherever you already are. Yes, we need to get in front of where our clients are, all of those pieces, but if you're just starting out and you love Facebook and you're on Facebook every day, start there. If you're on Instagram every day, start there. Yes, at some point we want to kind of get more strategic and start looking at where your clients are. The most comfortable thing that you will do that will give you that consistency is start where you are and then build upon it from there. And yeah, very similarly also, I get a lot of clients who, I belong to some online forums where I just give advice. And I'll see people all the time say, well, my coach told me I have to do a live video every day on Facebook and it's just stressful. I can't seem to make enough time for it and I don't understand why. And I'm like, then don't do it. If that's not the thing that works for you, that type of advice is you get a lot of coaches who only know one thing. They say when the only tool you have in your toolbox is a hammer, everything is a nail. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be that way. Start where you're comfortable and then build upon that. So, yeah, you had to navigate that journey as well, just like every entrepreneur does. And, yeah, shiny yeah. shiny object syndrome. <laughs> and, and to your point, you know, I, I say to people, the best marketing plan is the one that you're going to actually do. So somebody can create the, this amazing sort of thing for you to follow. Like you said, do a Facebook Live video. That's great, but if you're not going to do it, it doesn't matter how wonderful a strategy it is. It's, it's worthless. So 
do the ones, like you said, that you're where you are and do what you're going to show up and do all the time. Be consistent with it. Exactly. I actually designed a one-page marketing plan. I call it the 3x3 three three Marketing Matrix. Exactly for that reason, I'm going to drop a link to that down below since we're talking about that. It helps you make your own one-page marketing plan that stuff you'll actually do. <laughs> That's great. Your business, like most, has probably changed over the years, especially with COVID-19, the quarantine during the pandemic, and now we're kind of opening back up again, which is giving its own unique you know, pivot to businesses. Tell us, take us through a little bit how your business has changed over the years. It's kind of an interesting ride of just the waves of it. You know, the, when I first started with this, a lot of it was in-person networking. You know, I was going to a lot of events. I had several groups, you know, the Chamber of Commerce um, related the, in the city. In New York City, there are, you know, 17 different Chambers of Commerce. So I joined a few of those and was going to meetings and really trying to network with people uh, in person. And, you know, with COVID, obviously a lot of those groups have gone online, but I have sort of moved my more strategy to, well, why be stuck with just the people I can see in person? Let's take it a little bit beyond that. So I've moved more into researching people online that I'd like to meet or people that I've been following for years and reaching out to them and saying, hey, what's going on in your business? I'd love to see if I can help you with something. You know, coming from a place of, of offering to say, well, I've, you know, I could come on your, you know, Facebook Live or if you've got a mastermind and say, I'd love to teach you if you need some content just to get to know people better and really build those relationships. So for my business, that is one sort of shift that's really taken with COVID and one that's actually really been helpful in terms of moving the needle along in terms of finding more clients. Um, I'm kind of wondering if I'll actually go back to some in-person networking. I may sort of reduce it once we're able to go back to that. But I think for in terms of clients, they have actually seen some of that move too. So I've actually been busy helping people really develop more of an online presence and really getting their subscriber list you know, active and getting more engaged with them. Even if they don't necessarily sell something that's a deliverable online, just making that connection with people. So that way when you know things open up and you can see you know Bob at the next networking event, it's not like, oh, where have you been for the last eight months? It's like, oh, I've been so great to hear from you. You've been giving me such great pieces of advice that have really been helpful through this time. So now I'm ready to do business with you now that I am in a place to do that. So yeah, it's been a very interesting shift in terms of um, working with people and just within my own business too, really taking that strategy and figuring out how to take those relationships and still make them personable, but just not in person with people. It's interesting. I love how you focus on email, you, email subscribers, email content. A lot of entrepreneurs get so distracted by social media and all of the other things that you can do, but email marketing actually still has a huge response rate. So it's one of the best things you can continue to do, even if you've got those other shiny strategies that everybody wants to get on board with. Yes, yes. I mean, the great thing about email is that, you know, it has a very low expense rate, right? If you're running Facebook ads, those can, those are great and they serve a very great purpose for people's businesses, but they can get expensive really quickly. Whereas if you're paying for an email service that, you know, costs you maybe 25, 30 bucks a month, you can send tons and tons of emails without having to pay for them every time. So it's got a great rate of return. But also one of the things that I encourage people to think about is social media is wonderful 
it's also a little bit of a beast because they are always the ones in control. You know, how many times do you see people complaining on Facebook, Instagram, whatever that, you know, oh my gosh, the algorithm changed. I mean, I have clients I've worked with who went from getting, you know, hundreds of views a day and likes and comments to getting a fraction of that because Facebook and those kinds of platforms decided to just mix it all up for them. So when you have email subscribers, you I like to say you bring them into your fold, you bring them into your loving arms, and you have the opportunity to talk to them, and you will always have the opportunity. You'll land in their inbox every time you send an email until they stop subscribing from you. So there's less hit or miss in terms of the email subscribers too because, okay, they may not open every email. They may not read every email. Some of them might go to their junk folder. You know, there's, there's some things that would get lost, but you have such a higher chance of them consistently seeing your content and interacting with you than you do with social media. It can be a lot of, um, a lot of guesswork and a lot of, you know, oh, what time did I post? Did they see it? Were they up? Were they busy? Were they doing something? Where's the email? They can read three days later after it ends in their inbox. I tell my clients, my listeners on the podcast, everybody I come in contact with over and over again, you need to get your people off social media. And there's, I have all kinds of horror stories that you can check out on my blog. But one great example, because you don't own those platforms, also similarly some of the website services where they own the platform, you don't own your own hosting, very similar recommendation I make. They can do whatever they want, and you're just kind of stuck. Ironically, I've been doing Facebook since technically 2005. My first profile, I had to change it when I left school because you still had to have the school email way back then. So this profile, since 2006, I've been there since the beginning. And I've been using it for marketing businesses pretty much since that time as well. So last Thanksgiving, I have a funny sense of humor, which can sometimes be a, a little bit morbid. I posted this meme of Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay, it didn't say his name. It was just his face. And it said something like, don't tell me who I can have for Thanksgiving. You know, because it was during the COVID shutdown and they were saying, don't have family over for Thanksgiving. And so I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, he's a cannibal. <laughs> so that. last month, this was March after Thanksgiving, I get a message for Facebook saying that, you know, I've been a bad girl because I shared this picture that goes against their terms of service. And I'm like, seriously? So I look in the terms of service, and sure enough, it says something about serial killers. It didn't say cannibal specifically. Well, okay, yeah, I guess I did. And it said, you know, we're going to remove this post where other people can't see it. And I'm like, okay, I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer, but I don't care. It was a funny meme. So I click okay. What it didn't tell me when I clicked okay, that they were going to shut down my ad account where I can't access my ad account or any of my clients. Had I, had I known that, I would have clicked the other buttons that would have sent it for their review. But I just thought, okay, I don't care if you show that on my timeline, whatever. And so I have had to jump through quite a few hoops to make sure that someone else on my team is on all those ad accounts so that we're not dead in the water had I not had that capability, though, I, like I literally cannot go in and boost a post on my own page wow. because of a Jeffrey Dahmer meme from six months ago. And then 
a month later, they cut off my ability to post a live video because of that same meme. Luckily, that was only for one day, but I'm like, are you serious? Like, I've been dinged, like, twice in 15 years. It's ridiculous. But yeah. I don't have that problem with my email list. <laughs> I'm the one who controls it, and nobody tells me what I if I want to post a Jeffrey Dahmer meme in there. That's not what I do, but right. you know, very different. You gotta you gotta talk to people on social media, but you need something to bring them into your fold. So yes, yeah, your focus yeah. on email marketing is right along with that. Yeah, that's a, wow, that, and that's a you just gave such a really great example about why it's. I mean, that first of all, that's extreme. I I think for Facebook to do, but it does it. It happens, and sometimes you can't get that stuff reversed. And then, it's like, well, what do you do? You can't start over. Uh, so to find ways to sort of move forward. So yeah, that's why. Again, that's why. And and email is low tech too. Like that's the thing about it. Like once you learn how to use your email service provider. Like, okay, I schedule this, or maybe you have a couple of automations where if people sign up for something, they get a response automatically, and you, you know, give them a free checklist or whatnot. But after that, it's, it can be pretty low-tech. So even if you're not a super tech-savvy person, you know, hire your favorite 17-year-old to help you set it up, because those are the ones that you, people that usually know how to use this stuff the best, I always say. And then just get going. Then it's just a matter of writing the emails and putting them in, and you, can, you don't even have to schedule them. You can just write them and then send them. Um, if you want to get fancy, you can schedule them, but not required. So. Yeah, very easy, easy marketing. Yeah. So thinking back to when you started your business, became an entrepreneur, what's one thing you wish someone would have told you about being an entrepreneur? <laughs> well, um, there's two. One's really short. That it's going to be harder than you think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I wish someone had helped me figure out or just impressed upon me that the clearer you can be about what you want to do and what you help people with and who you serve, the easier and faster it will be for you to be able to grow a business. You know, when I started out coaching, I was I was just thinking, oh, I can help so many different kinds of people. So I'll talk to these people and those people and that people. And what I discovered uh, fast, not quite fast enough, was that what I was saying coming out of my mouth seemed so clear. What other people were hearing was like, wah, 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 wah. Rob's a coach, sort of, I think. I don't really know what he does or who he helps. But yeah, talk to Rob. So it, it really impeded the growth of my business because people, when they would hear me talk, wouldn't really get it. People couldn't refer people to me because they didn't really know who to send me. So, you know, I was getting people who were sending me like, oh, my kid likes painting. Do you want to create TV coach him? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. That's not what I do. But it was just so misinterpreted. So getting clear about, okay, here's who I can, as a coach, I got sort of when I was doing creativity stuff, sort of focusing and helping creatives with the business aspect. And then it moved, morphed more into helping solopreneurs and other kinds of coaches with their marketing aspect of it. And so now I can tell people in three sentences what I do and they get it as opposed to this foggy, cloudy thing. And because even trying to promote it, you know, um, in networking or, you know, I dabbled a little bit early on with Facebook ads and the audience I was going after was too big and too varied. So it just wasn't effective. And I think as, 
you know, especially as solopreneurs, when you're starting a business, you have so many ideas and so many things you want to do and help, and you think that you can do them all, and you think that if you don't offer all these things, well, you're you're not serving the world the way you're meant to show up. But really, by getting so crystal clear and more focused on that, what you're really doing is making it easier for people to find you, easier to help people, and easier for your own sanity because then you're not trying to juggle a million different kinds of things. You know your lane. You know, it may get a little bit boring every once in a while, so maybe you have to step on the gas and, you know, shift or pass that car and go around, but it will make your life so much easier to have that driven focus um, in every aspect of you do. Then you're not questioning what events to go to, who to talk to, what to market, what to say, what services to offer. It all becomes so clear. So if I had known that, you know, go back in the way back machine to figure that out. <laughs> who knows where I'd be right now. But I learned it in all in good time. Everything has a, a time and a season. And uh, I'm just very happy it came to light, you know, at some point. <laughs> I, just like everybody else, I do that too. And I have a brain dump file that all these great ideas, I put them in that file, and it's actually in ClickUp where it's almost like little post-it notes, you know, that you can move around and mm -hmm. reprioritize, and I put it all in there so that I don't lose the idea, but it's not always the right time for it, like, right then, so then when I'm like, okay, I can add something else. I just go into my brain dump file and look then what makes the most sense right now for my business, for my clients, and then grab it and move forward with it. But yeah, a lot of people, we all know that an audience needs to hear or see your message an average of 11 times before it even like starts to sink in that you exist. And if you can be saying basically the same thing over and over, it doesn't have to be worded the same, but just the same theme, they get it a lot quicker than if you've got 20 things and you're trying to say 20 things 11 times. Obviously, it's going to take you a lot longer to get there. So that is so true. And, yes, it is much harder than people think. Those groups I advise in, all the time I'll get a new entrepreneur that comes in and says, well, I've had my website up two weeks and I haven't had a single sale. And I was like, <laughs> did you – think you were going to because, you know, most new businesses take a year to see a profit. And a lot of new businesses, if you can stay in business for two years and five years, those are kind of some of the breaking points because people just don't have realistic expectations. And if you see those people who say, well, I made a million dollars and I just started my website two weeks ago and I called BS on that because... 99% of the time, that isn't true. Or they put so much money into advertising it or whatever, they're not telling you the full story. So we have to have realistic expectations. You're going to work harder. You're going to work longer. But it's working for yourself on your own stuff. So it doesn't feel quite as bad as putting in those hours for, you know, corporate America or whatever it, it yeah. may be. It's a lot more rewarding to do it yourself, I think. Very much so. All right, you have a couple of tips for our audience. So I want you to share those now and okay. they'll, you know, get your pen and paper ready or get these tips and get them saved. Um, so the first one I would say is that for people who, you know, have started an email list and you're building it and you're not really sure what to do with it, and I would say if you're not building an email list right now, 
start. Today's the day you start. Even if you just collect names, get people's permission, and you know, put in a spreadsheet until you're ready to start using software. Start with that now. But talk to your people like they are your friends. A lot of folks get caught up in the, this email has to be perfect. It has to say all the right things and hit all the right notes, and it doesn't. People signed up to be on your mailing list because they like something that you said, or they enjoy you, or they want to know more about what you do. So if they've given you permission to email them, they want to hear from you. So talk to them. Don't get caught up in the everything has to be great. You can do all kinds of things, like just you know send them tips. Send them like a, a little graphic with a tip and talk about it. Send them some behind-the-scenes things about like, oh, this week in my business, I learned this very important lesson about you know using X, Y, and Z. Have you had this great experience? So talk to them and get them to interact. You know, a lot of folks in emails are afraid to use what they call calls to action, where at the end of an email you ask somebody to do something. So a lot of times those are used in sales emails, and they're they're useful, and you should use them in sales emails. But you should use them in your what they're called nurture emails, just emails where you're providing value to people. And but they're calls to action that just say, "Hey, did you experience this? Hit me back. I'd love to hear what you have to say." Or um, you know, did one of these solutions that I just offered work for you? Or what are you struggling with? Or what would you like to hear more of? You know, ask them. Let them know. So it's not you know, it used to be sort of marketing in the in the day was. Um, just talking at people, like broadcasting. We are in an age where it is about communication with people. So talk to them like they're people. If you were sitting down to have a conversation, talk to them like that, not from the, the formal I'm the business owner person place. You know, Communicate with them like you're a real person because they want to know you too, and you need to get to know them in order to be able to help them um, better. Um, and the other thing I would say is to be consistent. So many people start on all kinds of platforms, whether it be social media or email marketing, and they are so excited about it when they start. And then a couple of weeks later, they're like, mm, this isn't so much fun anymore, or this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. So with the email marketing especially, you don't want to build an email list of 1,000 subscribers, 2,000 subscribers, whatever, and then not talk to them for six months. Because what that does is, well, people just basically forget about you, and then they get an email from you, and they're like, who is this person? I don't remember who they are, and they unsubscribe, or they report it as spam. So that's not what you want. What you want to do is show up consistently, even if they're short emails, you know, three to 500 words. Keep it, keep it short because people also are busy. They don't want to read your 2,000-word email about, you know, some topic. They're looking at it at their phones. It's small. They like short paragraphs of a couple sentences, you know, bing, bam, boom. But show up, you know, consistently. And if for you, that's once a month. Okay, that's great. That's not ideal. You know, if you can do twice a month, that's great. If you can do at least once a week, that's even better. But as you know, Vicky said before, it's going to start where you are. Just start showing up consistently because what you want to do is have people be, uh, you know, get used to seeing your emails. You want to sort of train them to say, okay, you know, my 
tips from Rob are coming on Monday, and I can't wait to read those. Um, so then when you start doing more advanced things like offering classes or you're doing some kind of promotion, they're used to receiving your emails, and they're used to opening them. So you don't want to wait until you need your email list. Oh, my gosh, i got to pay my rent this month. Let me send out an email because it's too late at that point. If you haven't nurtured that relationship with the people on your list by showing up consistently and giving them valuable information they can use, then you have blown it at that point. So so start with that now. Even if you are starting your business and you don't even have a lot to sell, maybe you have just one or two things or you're coaching, just get in that habit. Make this a habit for yourself. And again, however, whatever consistency means to you, but I will tell you that once every six months or your Christmas letter is not consistent. So find what works for you and show up consistently to build that relationship with those people that you want to get to know and that you um, want them to get to know you as well. So true on the consistency. And I'm going to relate that to right now a lot of people are joking about COVID-19 is the 19 pounds you gained last year. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So, I guilty. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody else, I mine's been longer than that, though. I used to have a ballroom dance studio, and when I had to close that for some transfers that my husband was facing, like my regular consistent exercise kind of went out the window with that at that time. So I've been adding exercise. I actually play a virtual reality game called Supernatural, which is a fitness game, and it is so fun that I do it every day. But if I did it once at the holiday and then didn't do it again for six months, it's not going to have much result. So consistency, you don't have to do a big, huge thing each time, but a small thing repeated over and over again, like anything in life, that, that's a... A natural law is that consistency works, and so I would rather be consistent with something little than try to push out big stuff, big emails, whatever it is, all of the time. The other thing you mentioned is even I still have trouble with this. I was in the corporate world too long where one of my jobs, like literally I had to wear a suit to work every day. The other ones were, you know, business casual, but still there's this expectation, especially at the level I was at. I was a, a chief marketing officer. You have to constantly reflect this, you know, v- very professional demeanor. And that's not always authentic. You know, if you're just hanging out with your friend, I'm not wearing a three-piece suit or anything. Even I still have trouble kind of just putting my real authentic self out there and not making it too polished and all those pieces. But one thing I learned, I actually had the opportunity to go through the Disney Leadership Institute, and it really brought it home to me when they were talking about how they hire. Because think about Disneyland. They're hiring people who are going to be in a costume and are going to be performing. You know, even just walking through the park, you know, the princess is in costume and she's stopping and talking to these kids and doing a performance all of the time. Now, you'd probably like that. You mentioned you have a theater background. Me? Yes. Eh, not so much. You know, I'd be like, kid, get your sticky hand off me. I love kids. You know, I have kids. But what they said is that, you know, yes, those, their positions are not for everyone. And so their entire hiring process from the point that, you know, they're first talking about come and be, you know, part of the team 
is meant to exclude the people who aren't right. People will self-deselect, and that means that the people who are going through the process and continuing and excited about applying are the right people. And mm -hmm. so I always remind people that, you know, I have one client who's a little bit like rough and gruff, and that's her personality, but being authentic like that, she's going to attract the right people to work with her. A lot of people don't always see my kind of relaxed side, which I'm working on. It's a struggle because I was in corporate for way much longer than I want to admit. People don't always see that, and I still struggle to make my real authentic self out there. I'm not worried if people are going to like me or not. My information's good. My experience is top-notch. The people who want that will be attracted to that. And then me being authentic, you know, I am authentic with friends. So that's the kind of client I want to attract as well as those ones that we can build a relationship with. But anytime I'm hesitant to do that, I think back to Disney and saying, you know, their whole process is meant to exclude the people that aren't right so that the people will go, I have to be in costume for four hours a day and like acting basically the whole time, that is not me. Well, then you shouldn't apply because you're not the right fit for either side. And yeah, that's what I always say is think back to that story. You don't want to attract everyone. You want to attract the dream clients who would, you would love working with. And the only way you can, can do that is to just be your authentic self. So I love yeah. That yeah, we're we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> now I know you have a gift for our audience too, so um, yes, definitely want to get I, to uh, that. Okay, um, I will just throw into you about what you said about just to tie that up about email marketing is that um, don't be afraid to have people unsubscribe from your list, right? Like you said, you want to attract the right people, um, and don't be afraid that you're bothering them. I have one client who says the more I email people, the more they actually respond. So. They, if they don't want it, they will self-filter, like as you said, and they'll get off your list and just be like, this isn't for me. Don't take it personally. It doesn't mean they don't love you. They just don't want to hear from you in the email. So uh, don't don't be worried about that. Just do be, like you said, be yourself and show up. That's more And important. they would not have been the right client. I've had a few that weren't right, and they were a headache to work with because it, it just wasn't a good fit. There are other people who were perfect to work with them, and those people would be a great service on both sides, but it just was not the fit for me, and so it's better for, for me and for them if I bless and release them or them not even – them know that I'm not right for them, like right from the get-go. It just yeah. makes better outcome for everybody across the board. Yeah, that's that. You are so spot on with that. I completely agree. Yeah. All right, tell us about this gift. So um, I have put together this guide for people who don't really think they're great at writing, or they think that writing takes too long. Um, it's called the um, Write Articles Fast Guide, uh, and if you want to get it, you can download it at writefastguide.com. Uh, writefastguide.com. And what it is, it has seven steps to help you if you're writing an article or a blog post or a newsletter. Um, and how to attack it, like where to start, how to put together a subject line, um, ideas for how to structure it, and how to get it out the door. So you can spend a lot less time 
worrying over this blank page that's staring at you on your screen and get something written and get it out the door because what we want you to do is be consistent. So so grab that. Um, it's free on my website um, and at that uh, address and uh, start writing. Don't wait. <laughs> I love that. And again, I like fast and easy. So we'll also share that link down in the description wherever you're watching or listening. You can look down in the description and find that. I want to ask if there's any question you have for me. Uh, yes, actually. Um, one of the things that I struggle with and I know some of my clients struggle with and I'm sure some of your folks struggle with too is getting all of this done. So in terms of you know when you're marketing your business you find the sort of the avenues that you're working best in but sometimes marketing kind of falls to the bottom of the pile of activities because you're busy with clients. So I would love to know if you have some strategies about how to just manage and prioritize things just to make sure that it all gets done. I always recommend people prioritize first things that will directly connect to sales. So it may not be send out an email, click the button in the email and you're paying. Obviously, it doesn't have to be that exact, but if it's perhaps sending an email about an upcoming course you're going to offer, that is something that will directly tie to sales, or you're sending out information about topics related around that course you're going to offer. So anything that can feed along down a path that will eventually result in sales versus things that are strictly more for awareness. Awareness comes with the other, but awareness on its own isn't going to impact your bottom line as quickly as focusing on things that will bring money in the door. So that's one piece. The big issue I see clients that come to me with and a lot of this comes from if they've worked with multiple different coaches in the past. And like I had mentioned earlier in our talk, the one coach who told that lady that she needed to be Facebook Live every day because that's the only thing she knew to do. So what happens negatively that a lot of businesses get built up is all these different processes and plans and systems, you know, technology that don't work together. And so it ends up taking you, you know, 100% more time and sometimes more money than it should have if you had had the ability and maybe you don't have the knowledge. So that's where a lot of people come to me for that high-level strategy of how do I make all these things I need to do work together so that it's much more efficient and impactful. That's one thing you need to do. If, if you sit down and you think back, you know, I've taken five different like coaching courses, masterminds, and they each have their own exact way of doing something. You have to have this email program. Don't ever have more than one email program. You have to have, you know, Facebook Live every day. And this one said you have to do something else. And that just fragments your effort. And I would rather help people laser focus on only those activities that are really going to make an impact than have that just scattered everywhere. Similar to my recommendation of always start where you are, we're going to start on the things that are most focused and can create the most impact the most efficiently so that you're spending less time, less money. 
And once that's going well, then you can add back on some of those other pieces that will still get great results, but maybe they're going to take a little more time or a little more money or longer to set up. Maybe you've got to get a bunch of things going before you can start it. So we're going to start with the most immediate impact things, and then from there, slowly start expanding out. One of the biggest problems related to starting at all and you had mentioned something similar to this, is people who are so afraid of it needs to be perfect that they won't get it started. It is very common today, especially if you look at all of the technology, all these software programs you get, apps on your phone, they update constantly. Obviously, you don't want to start with something that's completely wrong. Like, it hurts your eyes to look at it and is really just terrible. Like, you don't want horrible bad. But get it good enough and then consistent improvement from there. I've worked with one client who they had such a good product service, but it still isn't out yet because it's not perfect. Mm. And it's so sad because I'm like, if you, if you just push it out like it is right now, so many people would be attracted to it. And then when you improve it next month or six months from now and do the next iteration, it'll be even better and they'll be even more thrilled. Perfection is not your friend, it's your enemy. And I am a perfectionist, so if I am saying this, <laughs> you know it's true. Yeah. Start where you are and do anything and then keep moving forward and keep improving it from there. That's such great advice. Awesome. Thank you for that. Before we go, I want you to share with our listeners um, how they can contact you. We will include the information down in the description so they'll be able to grab the link as well. But for those who are just watching and listening, we want to make sure they can go get some more of your great advice. Absolutely. So the best place to reach me is through my website. It's rob48.com. Um, if you speak French, you'll know how to spell that. If you don't, my last name is F-O-R-T-I-E-R. Uh, and through there, you can email me. You can also find links to uh, my social media channels, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. I kind of hang out on Facebook and Instagram the most. LinkedIn, I'm trying to be better at using. So uh, so watch for me on that. But those are great places to find me, and uh, feel free to reach out, give me a shout-out. Or if you you know want some more help with some of this stuff or you want to subscribe to any of those things, that's the best place to find me is on my website. It has been so great to have you here today. I love talking to entrepreneurs, especially those in any of the marketing fields, that understand the same concepts that I do so that we're on the right page. It's reinforcing the message. It's been great to talk to you. I'm probably going to go check out your tips for writing made easy myself because <laughs> I like to write, but I'm always down for making it easier. So sure. grab that link down in the description to also go grab the Write Fast Guide at writefastguide.com. And thank you for being here with us. And for those of you listening, we've got some other great interviews with entrepreneurs. There will be a link in the description. Or if you're on YouTube, you can click on the video to go grab another great interview. We've enjoyed having you here with us today. And join us again for some more great entrepreneurial and marketing tips.